Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Before we get started, I well, I'm excited. I have I have this well-known streamer that I'm learning so much about named Toki here with us today, but you guys will get to know more about that after the sponsors real quick core medical group. Uh, you know, they are a testosterone replacement therapy company. They actually do all kinds of different hormones. So if you're a female, you can actually call them up. If you're not feeling yourself, right? If you're not feeling it anymore, you want to go get your hormones checked. You can hit up core medical group. They will run your blood work. And Toki, if you're interested, let me know. Um, this is a company that genuinely is, they've saved my life. They've saved very a vast majority of veterans who come back from combat realize that they don't feel so well. They go and get their blood work done and their hormones are off. There's something to do with the correlation between stress, the high levels of stress and the pituitary gland stops secreting testosterone, which is crazy. And so for a guy to have low T, um, it can compile on a lot of different issues. And so we, we started hitting that with testosterone replacement therapy and several other little things, sometimes vitamin B, whatever the heck, but, um, it's been great. So Core Medical Group, I want to give them all the love. If you guys are interested in getting your blood work done and have some questions, I will send you my boy's info, and you can text them directly. So hit me up, Core Medical Group. You know I love them. Go check them out. Hit me up. Live Bearded, promo code Rocco. Yes, the beard is looking beautiful these days. Not dry whatsoever. Got a little graze. That's called genetics, baby. But uh, <laughs> Live Bearded is a company that is veteran-owned. They're all about being good dudes. And that to me is very important. So I, I jumped on board with them. Like I said, use promo code Rocco. You get yourself 10% off anything in the store. Willie Peach Chocolate, a veteran-owned chocolate manufacturer. He makes them out of, all out of his own home, but he also uh, he also adds spice to it. If you like your chili peppers mixed with your chocolate, Willie Peach Chocolates is the place to go. Go check out WillyPeachChocolates.com. You'll love them. I love them. Bullion Box, that's where you go get your precious metals. Uh, silver, gold, coins, anything you can think of right now, it is on the rise. Precious metals numbers are through the roof. Uh, if you like Bitcoin and crypto, another thing you should look at that's a little bit more, uh, they say, um, I guess, stable would be Bullion Box. Go check out some precious metals. They do a subscription-based model from $200, $300, $400 a month. You can get yourself a, an equivalent to that in precious metals sent directly to your house. Uh, you know, I just love the company. They're good people. Barry Law is a veteran-owned law firm that will help you get the veteran benefits that you deserve. There's a beautiful story on one of the podcasts I did with, with John Barry, and we talked about how he did back pay for a gentleman who was living under a freeway and was able to purchase a house and change his life and got married again. So these are these incredible things that Barry Law helps veterans get the, the, the veteran benefits that they deserve go hit them up if you guys have questions go to ptsdlawyers.com ptsdlawyers.com go check out modern gun school you can build your own guns in your own home learn how to be an armor by using your va benefits by using your voc rehab they send it directly to your house it is pretty much in a distance learning schooling and you can get certified in being a armor in the comfort of your own home, go check out Modern Gun School. Go to www.mgs.edu, and you guys can go 
check them out at Modern Gun School on Instagram. Don't forget veteran.com, my organization. We're out here trying to help veterans in all kinds of ways, changing the stigma, changing the mental. Um, go check out veteran.com all day, every day. And hey, just because I'm wearing the shirt, this is tier one concealment. They're a, a, a pistol con, con, uh, a pistol holster manufacturer. Incredible. The guys who run that company are great. I live in Utah, so I'm allowed to carry concealed. And so I do. And I have a tier one concealment holster. Toki, what is up? Not much. Just uh, just waking up here today. And actually, a couple of those uh, sponsors that you mentioned, my my appointment um, after this after this interview and podcast with you is actually um, going to the range with a friend. So that should be fun. <laughs> with what friend, if you don't mind me asking, is that is that is that information I can know? Uh, just just a friend uh, that I have here in California. Cool. Um, what, yeah. range you, what range are you going to? I actually don't know that information yet. <laughs> yeah, That's it's cool. my first time going to uh, first time going to a range here actually. So uh, okay, well my, before we let's, let me do this. Recently. I yeah. love it because I'm gonna dig deeper into that. Okay. But for the people that are listening, this is probably so far out in left field. Um, but you know, I'm bringing a lot of my worlds together now, mm-hmm. right? I'm usually I interview veterans or doctors or uh, sometimes like paranormal activities. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Paranormal activities and stuff like that. So okay. I just I like to just do a lot of different things, but I've never really got into the streaming space. But I started dabbling myself. And so for the people that are listening, I would love for you to kind of give them the quick rundown sure. of who you are. Sure. So my name is Toki. My my real name is Amanda. My stream name on Twitch is Toki. Uh, I am a full-time streamer. Um, I've done many, many things in, in my life, but where I'm at right now, that's my full-time career. Uh, I stream five days a week on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Toki. Um, speaking of paranormal, my, um, my main game that I stream is a game called Dead by Daylight. There's some spooky paranormal-esque stuff in that game. Um, I'm partnered with that that game, so basically I'm I'm sort of like an ambassador for that video game. Um, called it's called a Fog Whisperer. So I, I stream that game uh, with a little bit of variety, five days a week. Um, I do uh, I incorporate charity and fundraising, uh, you know, into my streams. Not it's not something that is done every single day, but it's like campaigns that are done throughout the year. Um, yeah, and uh, I've moved back to America um last year where uh prior to that i was a teacher actually um i taught for five years in south korea um, i taught esl english english as a second language um and then you know of course many other things before prior to that but yes um full time no, that's great now. and how many hours uh, a day are you potentially streaming anywhere from five to eight Wow. See, you know, here's the deal. A lot of these kids think that this this video game streaming full time uh, is easy. It ain't easy playing video no. games that long. It's not easy. Like it's work. It genuinely mm-hmm. comes out to be work. And as much as mm-hmm. you might love streaming, you have to put in the work for that streaming. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, any anyone can um, have the most basic ability to, you know, if, if, if you've got something that can run broadcasting software and a video game at the same time you could stream. You don't have to have a camera. You could, anyone could stream a video game um, if you've got the basic tools. Um, however, like putting on a show, upping the quality of your stream, um, always pumping out the social media that 
um, all ties into the stream and, and, and I mean, promoting look at your, your office, it. your office, everything. Yeah, streamers it's a, are, yeah. they're, they're one-stop shops. They run the tech, they run the audio, they run the music, they run the game, they interact with the chat. It's, um, it's you know, well over 60 hours a week for those of you yeah. listening, if you don't realize that, right? The average workday for, for, for people that do a nine to five is somewhere in the 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, streamers are pushing somewhere around eight, 60 to 80 hours a week. I mean, they go hard. And like you said, uh, firsthand experience, I started streaming and I've been, look at, I thought I can just have people plug and play. And then I realized I have to learn it myself because I can't hire someone full time to set up my stuff. Right. I have to learn how to do it myself. And so right. I had to set up my go XLR. I had my, yeah, all this stuff. And it, that takes hours and hours and hours just to figure out. And then you turn it on and it doesn't work. Right. And you have to reset the, whole- <laughs> especially if you don't come from like a technical background and you're learning it all. I mean, yeah. Google is your friend. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I YouTube the shit out of everything. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> same still to this day. Same. <laughs> it's crazy. So I want to talk about the gun thing real quick, just because we're on that topic. Sure. Um what, what, you're right now you're in California. Obviously, the gun thing in California, it's a little harder. You have to, you know, there's a lot of little little hoops you gotta jump essentially just to go shooting. But where are you from originally, if you don't mind me asking? I'm from Florida originally. Florida. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so the guns are there. So you've shot guns before and you enjoy that world? I have. I um. I'm not. Too, I'm not an avid, um. You know, like I guess enthusiast. I right. I don't know. I'm not super knowledgeable. Um. But I am very respectful and appreciative of you know of the, the all of the everything that goes into it. The, the knowledge, the art form, respecting. You yeah. know, as a as a weapon, I I like you know I um I'm for home defense and and whatnot. But, um, I think the first time I ever shot a gun, my dad took me to a range when I was like 13, maybe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Certain little 13 year old me. <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah, so, so Florida, it's, it's a bit easier and my dad, you know, like, so I grew up with, um, around them a little bit, like, you know, with having them safely put away in the house or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, is your dad, then, was your dad military or anything? Uh, my dad, uh, did a very brief, um, uh, stint in, in the army and then um, right. had to leave for medical yeah. reasons but yeah um I do have other extended family uh that had longer careers in the military that's cool um yeah yeah so <laughs> no I you know I know that you are a big supporter of the veteran community and that's kind of the other reason why I thought this having you on board would be awesome I appreciate uh, it yeah yeah and the gun thing is is one of those cool things where you know, I think some people are, are afraid of what they don't know. So it's always nice to see people going out there and learning and experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the gun conversation can always be a touchy one. So I don't even it touch on be. it too often. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a former military guy. I'm a former mm-hmm. law enforcement guy. Uh, I personally have trained my whole life with guns. And so I understand the significance of, of them. And I know the importance of them. And I also understand the safety and, and the right. dangers of them. And so, right. you know, that's my world. It's just what I'm comfortable with. Uh, and even in my own household, I don't, my kids are just not that interested in, which is fine. It's wherever they go with their lives, they will. Uh, well, I grew up with, I didn't have guns in my house. I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't thing. My dad was a firefighter. He was a Marine, but he was a firefighter. And it was something growing up in LA. We had, trust me, everyone else had guns <laughs> in this town. So it wasn't our thing, but that's cool. You guys are going shooting. Well, I hope you have some fun. I hope you guys, you know, you learn some skills. But um, the other side of that is you are big in the veteran community in supporting. And I heard you raise a significant amount of money for a company that I work with personally, Stack Up, hmm. stackup.org. Yes. 
Yeah. It, in uh, 2020, you raised over $17,000 for StackUp. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's good. And how does that work when streaming? You just tell your, your followers like, hey, we're going to be raising money for charity. And right. we're gonna, yeah, how does that work? Basically, well, stack up. Uh, so you may know then does um, certain uh, segments like the call to arms. Um, so they reached out to me, um, a, a representative reached out to me uh, and brought me on board. And I was so, so excited to because I had already heard of them um, prior and was is actually my first charity that I've ever raised money oh, cool. for. I've not been streaming for too long and have been doing it full time for even less. Um, but um, they reached out to me and it was during their, their call to arms. And so we had like the massive push was a three-day campaign. But then um, after the three-day campaign, which, which is where we raised the majority, the, the bulk of the funds um, for the rest of the year, I, I kept talking about it. It was always, you could come in and day in the stream and, and, and donate. That's cool. It always got brought up on stream. It always got talked about. It's a, it, I have several commands in chat. Um, in my Discord server, which I'm, I'm sure you know, familiar yeah. with those, I have uh, links um, in certain channels to stack up and, and whatnot. So, it's it's it sort of came integrated and in part of um, the the day to day conversation that goes on in my stream. So there was a massive initial campaign, and then um, which we just like sort of trickled up uh, a couple a couple extra thousand, a couple extra thousand, even after the, that campaign. Yeah, it's 17k from yeah. from any influencer charities groups uh, it's huge that's a huge number and you know personally just want to say thanks for supporting the community in that aspect what they do um it, i've seen firsthand because you have a lot of veterans who especially during this time of covid it's a very strange time for us and and to you know i run several nonprofits. you know hero sports is one i do and we can't even play sports right now because of this and so we've had guys you know who who struggled during this time and so when we started introducing video games and that's kind of what got me back into the video game world is the covid it was like okay cool let's do something i can do with veterans and i can play with them and i can communicate and so just seeing people like you that jump on board and support uh you know i just want to personally say thank you and i appreciate that and if there's ever another kind of thing you're doing for the veteran community let me know let me jump on board to help out and if we can turn that into 50k 100k whatever it is like you you have my blessings and my support in, in anything so just let me know that's the dream thank you so much and and it's you know it's always wild and humbling that you, you know you're thanking me and when thank you for your service and um i i'm forever in all of what my community um what we raised together and it um i i am a partner streamer but in the grand scheme of things, relatively small. Um, I, the, the numbers that I average, you know, they, they've grown and, and we're a growing community and whatnot, but um, it, it's, it is a remarkable number that, that the members of my community came through and raised um, being, in my opinion, modestly sized. I feel like so. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very humble and, and, and I appreciate that as well. But let me ask you something that I think is very interesting about your bio when I started researching. Okay. Korea. Sure. So you went to Korea to teach English? Mm, I did. Did you learn any Korean? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I grew up in, in the San Fernando Valley and if you know, it is a, a big Korean community out here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I grew up with a ton of friends who are Korean. I love kimbap. I love, you know, <laughs> like, and growing up older, I start learning about soju and everything else. 
you know, and I learned two words uh, and I'll say them, but not directed towards anything. It's Pangu and it's butthole fart. And those are my big, that's the extent of my Korean. And then it's opa. Opa is like brother, I believe. So yeah, correct. yeah. yeah. So that's, that's my experience with my Korean friends, uh, Q-Sin, David Beck. If you guys are watching, just shout out and love, you know what I mean? I just, I haven't heard Pongu in so long. It's like, <laughs> I, I taught kindergarten, elementary, and middle school, and they talk about farts a lot. Yeah, well, that's 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 where I learned it is elementary. Those are my friends from elementary <laughs> that we continue to be friends. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous. But I just talked to one of them on on Facebook, and I was like, "Bro," and I just I always send him pangu, and he's like, "Shut up." Yeah, I haven't aged much apparently. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> so how do, how do you come about a job like that? How does that happen? Um. So uh, basically the that job um, was born out of my wanderlust, I guess you could say. Um, I got my bachelor's degree actually in in art history. I'm a massive history buff and and specifically art history nerd. Um, And I actually did have a degree. I know there's lots of jokes to be said for for art degrees. I actually did have a degree in my field. I actually was art handling and um, um, helping manage to run a modern and contemporary um, art gallery. Uh, and then that gallery, uh, the lovely woman who owned it retired. Um, and it was always part-time anyway. It never, you know, could quite pay never even close to student loans and bills and all, and all that. So I, um, had to have a second job and, um, through the, uh, influence of my parents, they encouraged me to get my real estate license. So I got my real estate license and that's cool doing my dream of the, in the art world and still trying to find something more substantial and sustainable and full-time and couldn't find it. Um, but it was cool. The real estate was cool. It was, a, it was a wholly new experience and different type of profession. And I learned a lot. Um, it definitely wasn't my passion by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I did enjoy, I kind of like the competitiveness and the hustle. Yeah. I got bit by that bug a bit and, and, closing deals and going out for a cocktail after, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I got, I got bit by that bug in that world a, a little bit, but ultimately uh, two years learned a lot, um, worked closely, you know, broker and all the laws and stuff that you have to know. And, um, but I was done. Essentially I was done. And I actually always knew uh, that ESL teaching was a thing, even through college. I, uh, something often um, freshly graduated college students. It's uh, that's who the job is most popular amongst. Um, and ideally, I, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I could snag a job in Europe. Um, but it's very difficult to do when they can just hire someone from, you know, like UK and things of that nature. So uh, when it comes to when it comes to um, uh, basically getting a job overseas, teaching ESL as an American, Asia is where it's at. I've done a fair bit of traveling, but I had never been to Asia. Um, I can be that sort of impulsive person. Um, I was like, screw it. <laughs> Let's go. I, I did some research um, into teaching in Japan, Thailand, China, Korea, and ultimately Korea uh, won that list of pros and cons. And, and that's where I ended up. I'd never traveled there before and packed up me and the pup and moved. <laughs> how many How many years did you do that? Five. Whoa. <laughs> so you, did you stay there for five years or was it just like semester and come home? I stayed there for five years. I, I've, I've only just been back in America, um, not even a full year yet, 11 months I've been back home. In so you can speak Korean pretty well. I'm actually not 
fluent because they actively discourage you from speaking it. Um, my work days were extensive. The Korean school system, very different from the American school system. Those poor kids, <laughs> they're oh, there morning, morning to night. Morning yeah, my buddy, night. I had a kid named Solomon live right down the street, Korean, right? We'd, we'd come home from school and then I'd go ask him to play. He still had homework for about two mm -hmm. more hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Korean kids are playing after school. They're, uh, yeah, yeah they, they, it's, it's, a, it's a different mindset. It's different. I, I kind of think that like we're super lax, something in the middle. I think in the middle. In the, something I agree. in the middle between, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've pushed my kids to be more focused on education mm -hmm. than my parents mm -hmm. did me. Right. But my parents were just trying to keep the lights on. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we would, you. we'd come home and we'd be figuring ourselves out until my mom and dad got mm -hmm. home from work at mm -hmm. six or seven. Yeah. But then I'm on mm -hmm. the fence where like, I need my boys to understand because I played college baseball and I became academically ineligible, but there's a long list of things why I was, I was dyslexic and never got the help I needed. Didn't even know what dyslexia mm -hmm. was. I kept mm -hmm. hiding it for so many years. Okay. And then eventually it caught up to me in college. Cause I was like, Oh shit, I don't know how to read very well. And I can't write lost my scholarship. Boom. So I never want my kids to feel that same kind of thing. Like don't lose a scholarship because you can't. So education became very important in my household and now is, but no, I agree. There's a balance between putting them to kids, not to let them enjoy themselves. And as well as getting a good education. Right. Right. Uh, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, so I was, I was uh, at in, in my school, in my classroom, in my office, for uh from from breakfast to dinner um and it's full immersion like it's it's full immersion so they don't want to hear you speaking korean um so with my middle school students i literally spoke zero korean so fascinating how good they are at english like middle school already have such a grasp on on a second language the younger the students the more korean i spoke with them so my, my little guys the, the kindergartners early elementary school um but yeah it, it's it, it's intense it's, That's it, cool. it's full immersion english academy yeah so your nickname, Toki. Yes. Where did that it's, come from? Is Korean. <laughs> um, it's actually a Korean uh, word that means bunny rabbit. Um, it was actually given to me by my students. Um, I teaching kids, teaching kids, being a teacher in and of itself is is taxing and and can take um can take some uh, extensive efforts to try and keep their attention and you know they have a shorter attention span. Now imagine trying to teach kids and you're not speaking their native tongue. Yeah. That the the window closes, the attention span is that much shorter. So you got to be extra silly. You got to be boisterous. You got to be entertaining. You're an entertainer and a teacher. Um, I was jumping around the classroom one day and uh, in Korea, they don't say like Mr. or Mrs. with a last name the way we do here in the States and, and most Western cultures. They actually say the first name followed by teacher or song saying meme. So Amanda teacher or Amanda song saying meme. Um, and I was... I don't know, it was one lesson I was jumping around and they were calling me Toki teacher, Toki teacher, Toki something meme. And like, I was like, what? What is this? And they're like, they calling me bunny rabbit. They were calling me bunny teacher um, because, of, because of the way I was in the classroom. And then they started calling me that in the hallways. Faculty and staff picked up on it and it carried outside of the classroom. Um, and that became my nickname. That's pretty oh. cool. Yeah. That's, a, that's better than my nickname, so we'll, we'll forget that. Rock was pretty cool. Rock was cool. <laughs> that's one nickname. I had several others before. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I got in high school, they called me Goathead. Uh, a coach made that up in, in Goat baseball. Head? Goathead, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and by Do the time I, I got. Know? No, it's it's he just just it was a fuck it's a fucking name he gave me just because he thought yeah. I was an asshole, I guess. And then by the time I got to college, it turned into Goat. 
and not greatest of all time, but more and more just like damn goat. I don't know what that means. And then it followed me forever. Still to this day. Yeah, I run into people and they call me goat. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, so you said you're new to getting back into the game in gaming. You know yeah. what that means now, right? Like you're the goat. That's like you're a god. Like you're amazing at the video game. Yeah, but so now like being the goat is like in gaming <laughs> in the gaming world. Your nickname is actually like a cool one. Rocco's the goat. Like Rocco's the goat. <laughs> like he's he's great at games. Yeah. You haven't seen me play yet. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be I used to be pretty good, but uh, yeah, I, I'm still learning how to do it all. But Crazy question. I know you said art. I'm a, I'm an art fan myself. Uh, okay. I used to, I used to be big in drawing and all that stuff. Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite art piece in in their history of? Uh, and that's a weird question, right? I, I know art a people. Weird? Kind of, it's <laughs> kind of like people are like, ah, it's. I'm curious to know. Uh, you know, there's there's some artists that my whole life I've I've looked up to. I've been to a Van Gogh, uh, to see a Van Gogh's. I've been to seeing um Picasso's. You know what I mean? Uh, I I've been watch i've went to a couple places to go see salvador dali's paintings um and still to me personally some of my favorite stuff is the street art that's out there now like banksy's stuff to me is like blows me away more than anything or at least more emotionally drawing because just the stuff he does i think it's always i don't know i just love where that comes from yeah. but curious about any kind of art pieces that you love you know maybe something from harry potter or i don't know something <laughs> Um, so yeah, all those names, all those artists that you, uh, just mentioned, um, I adore them as well and, and have, um, traveled to, to see exhibitions and, and pieces and works for them as well. Uh, I actually studied abroad in Italy and, um, and backpacked around Europe and found several Banksy's when I went on Banksy hunts myself and yeah, I did um, a Banksy, Banksy hunt in Salt Lake City. Yeah, so if you're ever there, there's, awesome. there's three of them still there. They really? actually, they actually cased them so you can take pictures of them. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, much nerdier answer. I don't know if you're going to know, <laughs> um, cause it's, it's very specific. Um, but my degree was in art history, uh, with a focus. So with, I had a minor in PDP, painting, drawing, printmaking, and my bachelor's degree focus was in Dutch Baroque. And you're like, what? Dutch Baroque, uh, 17th century um, is is my favorite stuff. Is is I love it. I Whoa. love it so much. Uh, the Baroque period, yes, is my favorite. Um, the lighting, the the chiaroscuro, the the shadows, the contrast between the light and the dark. Um, one of my favorite things about baroque uh paintings which you can actually find more in italian baroque than dutch um is the the hidden light source i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but like um uh gathering paintings where you see um they're around a table or something like that and there's a candle but you can't see the candle but you see the glow um nice. and oh gosh it just oh <laughs> it, i'm gonna it ask so mike i'm gonna ask mike to send <laughs> mike you're listening send me something so i can see the baroque period he sends me he sent me a message that says Broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't <laughs> dad, fix it. Dad that, joke. That's a joke from Beauty and the Beast, Mike. I know that. <laughs> um, that's funny. My favorite piece is actually what is known. I, I know you know what the Mona Lisa is. Yes. Not my favorite piece. My favorite piece is what's actually known as the Mona Lisa of the North. Um, it's called The Girl with the Pearl Earring. It was painted by yeah. Johannes Vermeer. I'm familiar um, with it. Girl, the Pearl. It, it is quite. It is quite famous, and it's sort of what you call it the, the Mona Lisa of the North. It's that mysterious enigmatic sort of uh portrait of, of a woman um i got the chance to see it it was on tour in the states got the chance to see it uh in atlanta i drove where i was uh living at the time in jacksonville florida drove five hours 
to uh to see it sat in front of it i i got all emotional yeah i get it no i get it that's i mean especially if that's in your field of study and yeah. it's kind of one of those it's one of those like oh man it's a unicorn that you get to see it right that you get to be yeah. in the presence of um, it so. it's it's just i i just art it does something to me it does it just um and specifically uh like the history and and, and oil paintings i i I, I appreciate everything, uh, you know, acrylics and, and street art and, and graffiti and, you know, all this, um, all the things as well. But man, oil painting just does something to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. I, I don't, you know, just another art nerd. Me, my, my older sister was a big art nerd. And so she would find awesome. these, she would find these, um, you know, hey, they're going to be doing a Van Gogh museum. We got to go. And so she'd take yeah. and, and and we just, just you know, nerd out on it, like, well, this is rad, man. And so further on, went down into the street art, I started really liking just that for the freedom of, of free art, you know, I, I love it. And some people obviously call it vandalism. I find it to be just so inspiring and how he, mm -hmm. how Banksy does his thing. But then there's a yeah. long list of other, uh, you know, uh, street arts that I just love. So sure. that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of video gamers, oh, Mike sent me an image, I'm gonna check it out. But a lot of video gamers, um, I'm not sure if you've been in the game long enough, but oh he sent me a really dope one i like it there's some stuff here we'll talk about it later i'll check it out later <laughs> that's, a Mike, that's a uh michelangelo uh sculpture nice mm -hmm. he's oh he sent me this weird haggard one that i just i didn't even want to show you it's a little <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> what's that about do no, you own that i don't know what that is do you I'm own not, that i've never seen that before I, I i feel like there's a little bit of a lie in there do you know what that is i what uh, look at the time. <laughs> We're close, but we have about ten more minutes. <laughs> Tell me about this. Uh, no, that's that was something that was actually sent to me by a friend. I am a big Harry Potter nerd. Um, that's gross. And it's so gross. <laughs> I'm a big Harry Potter nerd, and that was sent to me. I actually don't own it. I don't own like a printed version of that. I probably should. Mike, can you get one printed? Let's go ahead and send her one. With a massive, like, broke frame, like, museum glass covering it. <laughs> We're going to take care of that. <laughs> yes. No, that's um, funny. I'm going to hang it above my bed. <laughs> there you go. My wife's a huge fan of Harry Potter. So we went to, the, yeah, we went to Universal Studios. I guess they have, I think they had the Harry Potter spot. So we went and did mm -hmm. that and bought our scarves and our little wands. And, oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't care about it too much, but she loves it. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm all about it, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But um, one of my favorite games ever, and I'm not okay. sure if you've ever played it, Final Fantasy. Don't hurt me. You've never played it. I never. Um, that was I, I missed the boat. I Man, missed it. I yeah. know. I know. And I know, like when it got remastered and everything, everyone was I, losing their minds. Yeah. Final I Fantasy VII was was. I missed that boat. I tell people that's probably the first heartbreak I ever really had. I'm telling. Yeah, I, I, I was. You've heard this story from I've many heard, many I've men. I've heard these stories. Yeah, I've heard these stories about. Yeah the oh. first heartbreak and how like how how much of an impact the game had it changed my just, life unfortunately i missed that boat yeah yeah it's, you know some people you know they'll they'll never understand they'll never understand. it is a beautiful game it is it, it's gorgeous like yeah, yeah i um i mean is it too late like is it too late for me I, to get into like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I try to play the original and it just was you know it's the the you know, it's like eight bit. It's just terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't I mean, tried the remastered one. The remastered, I haven't tried that. Right, right. 
yeah, I'll probably try and get that next, but I already live the story, right? Like you kind of create the story as you, as you go and, you know, everyone goes through the same story, eventually it goes down to the same path, but I lived my version of it and I can't relive that. It was just too perfect. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So your game that you play mm-hmm. right now is it's uh, I have it here. It was dead by daylight, correct? Correct. And that involves paranormal activity. Uh, a little bit. Um, so it is, a, it's essentially a horror game. It's an asymmetrical. So four V one, uh, either you play as a survivor and that mean? As, an asymmetrical game. So it's not like overwatch where there's the same amount of, of, of team members on both sides. This game is asymmetrical. So it's four people versus one person. You can choose which side to play. You're either going to play Got it. as the one, the killer, or as a survivor, which is a team of four. Oh, that's right. Um, right, right. So it's, it's an asymmetrical game. It is in it is the most successful asymmetrical game. They are difficult. They're difficult games to balance. Um, Dead by Daylight is, is hands down the the most uh, successful asymmetrical game that that exists. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, there are uh, paranormal elements to it because there are is a, a massive roster of killers. Um, your your classics are there. Um, you know, you you've got. You've got Michael Myers. You've got Leatherface. You've got Freddy Krueger. You've got you got your classics in there. I see, I see that little pig in behind you. It's that pig face that's, thing. Those are scary. That's actually from Saul, the Saul franchise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it is, well. right? She it also has licensed killers as well. She is she is one of the killers, uh, the pig. You can play as the pig um, from the Saul franchise. My pup has been so needy today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. We she's can't even hear. My old girl. She's my. We old can't girl. hear her. She's good. She's good. <laughs> um. So do you and believe have, paranormal stuff? <laughs> I'm actually very interested in it. I love watching um, uh, uh, Nukes Top 5 on like yeah. YouTube. Like I love watching um, oh, yeah. all that stuff. Like I, I love watching like ghost hunting yeah. stuff and, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and there is, I, I guess the most like paranormal uh, killer in the game would be um, something called The Spirit. Uh, I mean, there's also something, uh, there's also the nurse who like phases through, there are like, there are definitely aspects, paranormal aspects to a handful of the killers. Yeah. Um, I gotta yeah. check this game out. Sounds crazy. It's, it's so, so much fun. It's addicting. It's a grind to unlock perks and yeah. uh, the, the game becomes more enjoyable as you level and rank up and as you unlock and get your desired builds and loadouts. Um, it's, it's, it's so worth it though. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. So addicting. Crazy. Um, have you ever had a paranormal experience? Okay. <laughs> so, um, I have not in my adulthood uh, experienced anything. Um, I actually do have this memory as in third grade, we lived in this um, old house, not, not terribly, terribly old, like mid-century, like um, mid-century modern. So maybe like house from like the 70s or something like that. And I don't know if it was just because I was a scared little kid, but I do have this memory. Um, I was in third grade um, where I would always, obviously I was the first put to bed. Um, I grew up teenage mom. So like I didn't have my own bedroom. I slept in my mom's room. And so she would put me in bed, but she would still be like in the living room doing something, um, you know, and I would be going to sleep early. And so the light in the hallway would be on, but um, obviously the room would be dark and the door was cracked. And I would see stuff in the hallway. I don't know if it's this, if this creepy house, what, if it's my childhood imagination in third grade, but that like has always sort of stuck with me. That's always yeah. sort of stuck with me is this, um, a figure that I would, I would see. And it's one of those things where like, it was so long ago and I was so young 
the memory is not the memory can be unreliable yeah and can sometimes you remember things that you like sort of fell in or was it yeah and you can so tell anyway. yourself yeah it becomes your new truth and you, you don't know if it was you or not yeah but i love like i love horror stuff i love yeah. um i love uh the the horror genre in in both movies and games um and i do love watching like spooky stuff on on tv or or youtube um i don't know if you if you're into it as well if you've heard of nukes top five um yes he okay so like i i watch i like will watch tur turn his channel on at night and stuff so. so this this house that i live in right now this mm -hmm. is this is the house i grew up in right okay. so i i when i live in utah full-time i come okay. here to work on acting stuff and then okay. i stay in this room okay. this house is haunted yeah not in a bad way but we okay. have what we have walkers right like at night you can hear them walking across the house really and it, it would scare my wife to the point where she's like don't tell me because like we'll be here alone sometimes and you hear someone walk right past the door and she goes oh shit <laughs> like i don't know what it is about this house but i swear to you you hear walkers and we have these stories of like my nephew going up to the door and kind of waving and talking to like this you know this nothingness and yeah, man. And I, I can't say I've ever had this experience where I've seen anything, but I've had a lot of that, like a lot of walking, hearing things that just like, there's no way someone's here. And so, uh, yeah, I'm super interested. I'm actually going to, I have a, a podcast coming up soon with a paranormal activity lady who's like the expert, an expert. And I want to see if I can get someone in this house to try to identify. Yeah. Some kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're obviously good. They've never haunted us in the sense where They've made any of us feel uncomfortable, but uh, before my parents bought the house back in the day, uh, they believe the original owner died here, mm. and so that's what we believe who it is, uh, okay. the, ge the gentleman who, who passed away in this house. So, and again, I, I guess he's just searching the house, you know, no clue. Keeping an eye out on things. Keeping an eye out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, before we get off here, we have a little bit of time left, but I wanted to circle on something that I know is near and dear to your heart, is yeah. the, the advocate for mental health. Absolutely. Talk to me about that, you know, you know, um, it is something that is very important to me and, and should be important to anyone with a platform, in my opinion. Um, it's something that is so stigmatized, has such a taboo uh, attached to it when, when talking about it. Um, it's as culturally like in society, we've come leaps and bounds like you see celebrities and artists and musicians open up about it and talk about it a bit more um, in healthy ways about like actually like getting help and, and, and things like that. Um, and it's something that I myself, you know, like most people have struggled with. Um, and specifically when it comes to um, what Stack Up does and, and why I chose um, to go forward with working with Stack Up is them being advocates for support for, um, you know, all of the mental health struggles, the PTSD, um, you know, when, whether they're helping, you know, like veterans who have long since returned home from tours or um, active duty who are out in the middle of like nowhere feeling isolated or, or veterans who come back and, and feel isolated because of what they're internalizing and, and, and dealing with <clears throat> the avenues that they create the resources. Um, it's, it's so important. And, and I feel like it is the absolute bare minimum that I could do to um, create awareness for it, to talk about it openly. Um, there are a lot of members in my community that are active duty or are veterans. Yeah. And 
Um, there are also, I have friends that are active duty. I have a lot of family um, that were in, in the military. Uh, my grandfather, who never had the honor of, of meeting my paternal grandfather, he um, served in Vietnam. He was a Marine. And when he came back, he um, detoured. He was all around Southeast Asia. Um, he was, he, the stories that I'm told that are, that are passed down to me uh, was that he wasn't the same when he came back. And um, he, he passed when my father was a teenager yeah. um, and didn't, he didn't cope in the healthiest of ways um, and took to alcohol and, and, and things like that. And he's this extraordinary man. Um, and, you know, maybe if, you know, obviously VA and, and I, I know there are. Yeah. That was a different time period. Too, different though, time. Right? right. And, and, you know, had stack up, you know, like obviously given like equivalent of in decades, but like had something like stack up at that time, had those services been available, had outreach, had support or something been right. available. I may have grown up with my grandpa. No, I, I agree. You and know, here's, I, I here's have... the thing you, you're going to, you probably don't know much about me too much, but this is my big push, right? So I started an organization called Veteran, and our goal is to help veterans become better, right? And better in, in it all, all facets, right? There's a stigma in our community, these alpha male types that won't want to admit they need sure. help. Uh, I was a special operations guy, ranger, three deployments, blah, blah, blah. I had counseling. I continue to have counseling. I just went to a counseling treatment just the other day. I had post-traumatic stress, which doesn't mean I can't live a normal lifestyle, right? Which society wants to kind of put us in the box. Like post-traumatic stress, put him in the corner. He's broken. It's like, no, not true. Like post-traumatic stress is not a veteran issue. It's humanity issue, right? right. And so this, so this message to people like you, I think is very important to have a platform and speak openly on this subject. And, and all of you that are listening right now, if you guys are struggling with anything, you're not alone, right? There's every single one of us struggle with something, right? And so, my goal is to have a platform like this, and obviously, you know, Tokis is the same, is to be able to say, it's okay if you need help and counseling. You can reach out to any one of us. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction of who I use and who I believe in and who I trust. And at the same time, you know, this is a humanity thing, you know, and the only way we get past this and get healthy is by accepting, like, okay, we're human, and we just got to kind of get things fixed here, here and there. And so <clears throat> I love that you do that. I love that that you speak on that. Um, you know, there's not enough – uh, leaders in in all the communities speaking on it and the more that people start to bring that to light it stops being this uncomfortable subject for for sure. others to talk about and so uh, i commend you for that I, I respect that thank you yeah it's um i i respect you doing what you do as well and it's, it's so important and i think the biggest struggle that people typically have is is um is the invisible like because mental health issues um while they can have uh impact you in ways that you can see. Um, for the most part, this is an ailment that is relatively naked to the eye. Um, and people don't realize that just the way that you would treat a physical injury, you also need to treat and take care of your, your mental health, even if you can't, you know, necessarily see it. Um, <clears throat> and that's, um, and that, that's what's so important. That's, that's so, so, so important is just having the outreach and, and the programs there and, and letting people know that they're, they're not alone. 
That's it. I love it. Um, Toki, anything you want to plug and push right now, you're more than welcome to. Where can people find you? What games they can play with you? After this podcast is released, I think in about three weeks, we have a couple ahead of you. Um, I'm sure there's going to be veterans who want to jump on board and play. Um, there's, you know, a lot of people listening to me are veterans, law enforcement, and then just people who just enjoy a conversation. So uh, please plug I away. I would love, I would love uh, anyone that wants to come by and, and we are a very warm and welcoming community um our community is called the burrow uh, a little play on the toki bunny rabbit thing there um but yes you can catch me uh live five days a week um uh, monday through wednesday around 5 30 pacific standard time i'm off on tuesdays and thursdays but then saturday and sunday i go live around 1 30 uh pacific um and i'm usually playing dead by daylight if you would like to play some games with me every saturday we have what's called swift saturday it means survive with friends you don't need to be subbed i don't want anyone to feel like they have to be a subscriber in order to uh, have the chance to play we we queue up we've got a list everyone uh, queues up and we, we rotate through the list and uh run games with with the community um you can always stop by and join that that's every saturday i do that um so yeah come by um hang out and chat lurk for the laughs I, I tend to be pretty goofy and silly so if you need uh if you need uh just a, a laugh or if you want to come play some games you can find us you can join our discord um but yeah that's twitch.tv forward slash forward slash toki can they find you on Instagram as well? Yes, I am also on Instagram. I have a Twitter. Both of those handles are Toki TTV. So T-O-K-K-I-T-T-V. Um, and I have other, I do have a, a TikTok and a Patreon and things plug like that nature as well, but <laughs> they're all Toki TTV. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll find it, right? They go on there yeah. they, as long as they find you somewhere. It's you all, know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, all, just, uh, it's all Toki TTV. I want to give you the opportunity for, for you to be that voice, right? So you are that now. And, and if I can give you a bigger platform, so, so be it. And so that's why we wanted to bring you on board. I knew that you did so much for veterans. Immensely. No, I know how much you do for veterans. I knew how much you supported the mental health. And so I wanted to invite you on here. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, you too. Take care. Take care, Rocco. I took the blows. 